0: Hey, this is Joseph Macenery. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. Uh, If you have a Bible, would you open it up? Genesis chapter 40. Genesis chapter 40, we want to welcome any of those who are streaming with us, however you are with us today. Uh, Joseph has been the character, he has been the hero, he has been the, the young man we have been discussing. This series is called Plot Twist. How many of you have ever experienced a plot twist in your own life? How many have ever, like God just did something that shocked you? God closed a door in front of you that he, you thought was opening. God kind of puts you in a position. You know, Joseph spent years and years, I'd like to say it, almost going from pit to pit. Going from uh, 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 one horrible location to another. And his experiences so far, he's a young man who misses out on some pretty good years. He's approaching his late 30s, and his experiences, his life experience, has been anything but well anything but good it's been a struggle it's been tough well he started off he was the favorite son for a while but at age 17 we know his brothers rejected him his brothers hated him they sold him he was mistreated he he, he suffered false allegations he was sent to prison and he had, all he had known from 17 to now we're approaching his late 30s, he, he'd known mistreatment. He, he knows a lot about abandonment. He knows a lot about disappointment. He has been a, 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 a life in slavery or a life in prison. How many of us can relate to disappointment? How many of us this morning can relate to feeling abandoned, feeling betrayed, having a loved one, a friend, a, a coworker, Someone lets you down and and you feel the effects of that daily. Well, Joseph is a story we can learn a lot from. Remember Genesis chapter 40, we're going to pick it up kind of where we left off 2 weeks ago. Does anybody remember where we were? It seemed like things were going well. Joseph got connected, he met the cupbearer in prison, he interpreted a dream correctly, and let's let's kind of see a reminder what what happens. Verse 13, within 3 days Pharaoh will lift up your head lift you up and restore you to your position, is what Joseph said to the cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. Mention me to the Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, look at verse 23, the chief cupbearer, Joseph did him a solid, Joseph interpreted his dream. He was accurate. He gave him a sense of peace. The cupbearer was promoted back into his position. And then look at this is where we left off two weeks ago. Right when you think a door is opening, what happens in verse 23? The Bible says the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. And then it says this, never even giving him another thought. Never thinking twice about young Joseph. Well, we left Joseph alone in prison two weeks ago. It's where we ended the last chapter. So if you take your Bible, would you flip it over? Would you turn it on in your smartphone? Would you click that arrow to chapter 41? And we're gonna begin today, Genesis chapter 41, verse one. And get this, would you underline this? Because would you circle it? Sometimes in scripture, we get the courtesy of just flipping the page, but look what happens on the next page it says when two full years had passed yes you read that correctly folks two full years had passed the bible says pharaoh had a dream so we, we with one turn of the page one chapter to the next in the life of this young man named joseph two years have gone by two full years have passed before we pick this story back up. For us, we just talked about this two weeks ago, but in real time, this is like a a, a time jump ahead. We read it correctly. This is a long time, would you agree, to be forgotten. This is a long time to be neglected. This is a long time to be mistreated. And and I love Scripture because sometimes it's just, it says what it says. Scripture doesn't try to make this two-year period sound all amazing, does it? Right? If something cool would have happened, they would have written about it. Right? If something like if something meaningful would have happened in that 2-year waiting period in the life of Joseph, he would have let us know. But no, no, it just says 2 years have passed and this is a rough season in the life of Joseph. Number 1, would you write this down? How do you respond when the Lord disappoints you or skips you? No doubt Joseph was passed over. He was forgotten again. He was disappointed. He was overlooked. His skills were put on display and nobody had any use for him. How do you respond when the Lord disappoints you? Right after, right off the bat, we see this. Joseph, the Bible says we know because we're going to see in a couple couple chapters, we're going to see in a couple verses his age. He's about age 28 at this point. He's, he's 28 when he gets skipped over, when the cupbearer forgets about him. Those are some good years. He, he correctly interprets the dream at 28 years old, and the Bible says the cupbearer just forgot. In the outside world, he's stuck on the inside. The Time keeps going, doesn't it? He's stuck on the inside. He's, he's, life is moving along fine without Joseph being a part of it. He's stuck, he's stuck, he's disappointed. And does anybody else read this story in Joseph and just go, man, his, his life up until this point, this just doesn't feel fair. Would you agree? Does anybody ever feel that way? Right? We know that we're people, that we're sin, that we, that we mess up, but this doesn't seem like Joseph is getting a fair shake. Joseph is waiting. Joseph is waiting. <laughs> Joseph is waiting. But I can't help but think, here's what God is doing in the meantime. God is shaping God is shaping. God is shaping. He has Joseph. I I almost think Joseph, he's got him hidden away from society. He's got him in a position where he can't be touched by the world. He's got Joseph, think of this, he's got him in a position where he can't be corrupted. He's got Joseph in a position where he can't be swayed by politics. He's got him in a position where he can't be bribed by money. He's got Joseph in a spot where it seems like nothing is happening, but perhaps is it God secluding him, and in that time of seclusion, shaping him. Shaping him to, that he, he, he can be someone who saves, someone who brings hope, someone who can't be bought or purchased or manipulated. A leader who can't be bought or manipulated. Wouldn't that be amazing, right? Nothing is happening in the present for Joseph, but everything going on is shaping up for his future for him to be used in the future let's get into the word a little bit more verse one can we finish that off we only got into one verse can we read 50 more today is that all right better right can we read 50 in, in scripture oh we won't do that many but we're going to get close when two full years had passed pharaoh had a dream he was standing by the nile when out of the river there came up seven cows sleek and fat right this is an interesting dream and they grazed among the reeds after them seven other cows ugly ugly cows right some of us we've seen cows like this ugly and gaunt they came up out of the nile and they stood beside those on the riverbank. and the cows that were ugly turn to someone and say ugly just wake them up right The ugly and the gaunt cows, they ate the seven sleek, fat cows. And Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream, seven heads of grain, healthy and good. Right, these dreams are interesting, but what on earth do they mean is the question. They're healthy, they're good, they're they're growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads of grain. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. How many of us have had some strange dreams in our lifetime? I've never dreamed about skinny, ugly, gaunt cows and really thick, good-looking cows. I don't know. This is interesting, right? That just sounds weird, right? This is a dream, but Pharaoh's dreaming. First, he's dreaming about cows. And the ugly cows, they eat the healthy-looking cows, and I'd be thinking, man, did he eat too much? What did, what did they prepare for him the night before? Maybe he woke up having a, he ate too much steak at T-Bones or whatever restaurant he went to, right? This is a weird dream, but, oh, he woke up, it's all good, and he goes back to bed. And how many of you know sometimes you think your dreams are over and this is a, this is a rough night because he goes back to sleep? And God seems to confirm things twice in this story of Joseph. He goes back to sleep and he starts dreaming again. Right? He starts to dream again. And he dreams about stalks of grain and ears, right? What, does all, what do all these dreams mean? What do all these dreams, these strange dreams mean? Let's read in verse 8. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. No one could interpret these dreams. Would you, the, the word in this, like we read this scripture in just a little bit of context, the word magicians in this story here in this scripture, uh, when you hear the word magician, what do you think of? I think of like somebody pulling a bunny out of a hat. I think of, I think of Mark Bennett doing his thing, cracking us up, right? Anybody love that guy, right? I think of a magician like doing. I don't know, creative tricks, but actually the word translated in ancient Hebrew scripture, from Hebrew to Greek, the word, the term actually means it means men well versed in sacred writings. Men well studied. Men that would study, they were well studied in hieroglyphics of ancient Egypt. And so these men weren't just magicians, pulling tricks, pulling rabbits out of the hat, make doing illusions. They were considered the wisest men in the land working for Pharaoh. Right, in that culture, and, and Pharaoh went to them and asked them, hey, here's my crazy dream. What is going on here? And as wise as they were, and I think this is pretty cool about these guys. I admire them. Maybe they knew Pharaoh too well. Maybe they knew like, man, if you aren't certain with your answer, don't give an answer. But I admire that these, these, these uh, they, they call them magicians or these wise men, I, I, these, these soothsayers, I admire that they don't attempt to answer the dream. They're like, we have no idea. As wise as they were, As well-versed as they were in sacred writings and hieroglyphics and texts, they couldn't tell Pharaoh what his dream meant. Joseph, meanwhile, is still locked up. Joseph is in prison. Two years have gone by and he has no idea what's going on. It's safe to say he doesn't know about these dreams. He doesn't know that these particular dreams, this night Pharaoh had a dream that is now going to be the connection, the way for him to get an introduction, the way for him to get connected to Pharaoh. Let's look at the scripture in verse nine. Then the chief cupbearer, he said to Pharaoh, today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. Look at that. Isn't that interesting? Two years, bro, thanks. Thanks today, oh, you know what? You had a weird dream, Pharaoh? It wasn't the bad steak. You know what? There was a cat in prison that I, now you probably didn't want to remind him either. There was a time where you were ready to kill me. How many probably leave that out of it, right? Because we all know what, happ- what happened to the baker two weeks ago. All right, wake up, church. Come on. One service. Lunch is coming soon. What happened to the baker two weeks ago? Yeah, he's, he's out of here so I'm sure the cupbearer didn't like want to bring back these memories because he's in the good graces of the pharaoh but he says you know what I'm reminded of my shortcomings pharaoh once was angry with his servants and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard verse 11 each of us had a dream the same night and each dream had a meaning of its own now a young hebrew was there with us right a young hebrew remember this is the same boy this is joseph who's handsome and has six-pack abs remember that all right. A servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man, each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them for us. I was restored to my position. Thank you. I'm here to tell you about this pharaoh, O king. And he says this, and the other man, uh, you, you took him out. The other man, the Bible says, was impaled. All of a sudden, right, it dawned on the cupbearer, I I think, like, what has this guy been up to? All of a sudden, it dawned on him to remember Joseph because of this dream. But here's kind of the the theme of today. When we see God begin to align our, our purpose with what he has prepared us for, Joseph's preparation is beginning to fall into God's purpose for his life. Right? His, his, his preparation is beginning to come into alignment with God's plan, with God's purpose, his calling for his life. Remember when Joseph, does anybody remember weeks and weeks ago, he was 17, and I just kind of think he was probably that good-looking bratty little punk, right? He was a tattletale. He, he didn't exude a whole lot of wisdom in his conversation with his brothers, Right? How many of you know if you have a bunch of brothers, you might want, not want to tell them you're going to be more successful than them, you're going to make more money than them, and by the way, all my brothers, you're going to bow down to me. Not, not like, even if you had that dream, it could be just information that you want to keep to yourself. Right? You might just not want to like brag to your brothers, you know, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be powerful, and you all are going to bow down, and, and you may not like worship me, but you're going to, you're going to have to bow down to me probably not a good conversation to have with your siblings correct anybody here have some siblings that would just drive us nuts a little bit right so joseph at age 17 he didn't always exude the wisdom that he seems to have now in his life and at age 28 he's getting close but i think man maybe those what are those final two years about god why couldn't pharaoh just had the dream earlier All right, the cupbearer already should have like put in a good word. What is going on? But I think maybe, maybe God just needed those two two more years. God was like, Joseph, I'm going to wait until you are totally dependent on me. Not partially trusting or partially dependent, but I'm going to wait until you are totally, totally ready to lead. Number two, sometimes God disappoints us and skips over us until, get this, somebody underline this, until the right time. Would you underline, would you circle the rest of that at that point? Until the right time. Um, here, here's a question, and, and you know, you don't need to, you don't need to like think back too much, but how many of us are thankful that you didn't marry your first boyfriend or your first girlfriend? Right? And yet, like when you throw yourself back 10 years, 20 years, five years, how many of you are thankful, right? Sometimes disappointment. Right? It feels like God, like I was planning to spend the rest of my life with that one. And then boom, suddenly it's over. They end up marrying someone else. Something happened in your story, right? Maybe a career, a great job was in reach. It was so close. You, The interview, it all went so well. That promotion looked so good. And then suddenly it went to someone else. And there are times when we are skipped because of our own decisions. Right? There's times when we are skipped because of our own rash doing, or maybe we didn't think about something all the way through. But very often, God is setting the stage to move in our lives. Very often, God is setting the stage to move, right? God can surprise you when He brings that spouse that you didn't see coming. Think back to your marriage, right? It could have been last year, 10 years, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, however many. But, right, you probably thought at some point in your life you had a good person picked out. But the reality was God had the perfect spouse for you picked out. I mean, Right? I mean, think about that. We can think about that in careers, in our job, right? A, a job can become a non-factor, a promotion. That, that company may have gone on or whatever it is. But God can bring a more, a, a, a more blessed career, a more rewarding calling. Let's look at verse 14. Joseph gets the call, he gets the ring. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. And I love this, Joseph doesn't have a clue what's going on here. Let's finish the rest of this verse, but he he has no knowledge of the dream, he has no knowledge of what is happening, no idea why he's being pulled out of prison to meet the king, but Joseph's smart. He's learned a few things, he knows about people. If I'm gonna meet the king, I better do something about it right clean uh, uh, the habit in ancient egypt was to be clean shaven and joseph knew he's like i'm gonna change i'm gonna make sure my appearance is fitting to before go, go before this guy when he had shaved and he had changed his clothes he came before pharaoh and look at this rapid movement look at this rapid change church after years and years in a dungeon years in a dungeon a total mess We find Joseph thrown back into the real world, but he's not even thrown back into the real world. He's thrown into the White House, right? He is thrown right into the palace. He's thrown right into the place where decisions are made. He is taken from the dungeon to the palace. He is taken from the pit to the palace. This is an amazing story. Verse 15, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said, that that you that when you hear a dream you can interpret it look at verse 16 the first words out of joseph's mouth i'd be curious like put yourself into the scripture can you do that first what would your first words be if you would have heard this no yeah i think i would have said where's your cupbearer i'm gonna smack him that's what i would have said where's your cupbearer king pharaoh right where is that cupbearer I'm going to find him, right? I'm going to, right? But look at, look at the words. Talk about integrity. Talk about humility. Talk about a man that is humble. He could have said anything. I've been in the dungeon for two years, Pharaoh. I could have figured, I, I could be running this kingdom for you. Instead, you got this cupbearer. can't even remember my name, right? But look at what Joseph says. He didn't get even. He didn't complain. I, I think I would have been, I would have done that. Look at what he says. Look at this scripture. I heard it said that you can interpret dreams. Verse sixteen: I cannot do it. Wow! Talk about a man that has no problem speaking truth to a powerful person. He says, "Up, uh, I can't do it." Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But here he goes. He says, "But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. God will give him." He says, I, "I don't have the answers for you, Pharaoh." King, I don't have the answers for you, but I, I serve a God. I I I was ki- I was a Hebrew, right? And my God, we're gonna listen to him. And I'm telling you, King, I know I know this God, and He will give us the answers. He'll, he's gonna He's gonna teach us what we need to learn if we just come before Him, King. He's like man, you you got all these all these men. All these peoples, you're surrounded by the wisest, the magicians, the stargazers. They know about hieroglyphics. They study creation. They study the stars. But let me tell you, King, about a God that, 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 that hung the stars, right? They study. They, they're looking. They are observing what God has created. But there's a thing about me as a Hebrew. I have a relationship with the Creator. I have a relationship with that God who hung the stars into motion, right? And and, and I'm not just observing them, but I know him. And if it comes from my God, it will be right. He says, this relationship, I know a God who can handle your dreams, Pharaoh. I know a God who can handle your problems, Pharaoh. I know a God who can give you a good night's sleep, a peaceful night's sleep. And let's listen, verse 25. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. So, so the cows and the corn, the cows and the grain, they represent the same idea, the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. Then seven lean, ugly cows came up after the, our seven years. And so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. Here's what they are, Pharaoh. Listen, this is what God says. There's seven years of drought. Seven years of phantom, famine. Seven years of the economy collapsing. Verse 28. It is just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Uh, would you just kind of in your in your word keep this in mind? I talked about this a little bit more, but do you understand? Do we or do we recognize all throughout Joseph's conversation with the king? Do we recognize who he seems to continue pointing to? Right, he keeps kind of saying like he's giving him answers, but he says, "Look, God has shown you this, Pharaoh. Not me. It's not me. It's not. It's not this Hebrew boy. It's it's the God that I worship." Verse twenty nine seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of egypt we're going to be rolling fat for a while is what he tells them it's going to be good we're going to have plenty of money we're going to have plenty of food it's going to it's going to be great but verse 30 here we go but seven years of famine will follow the seven good years then all the abundance in egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by who? By God, and he says, and God will soon do it. This reoccurring theme for Joseph, he just says, look, I am just the messenger, right? I, I, I can in, I'll interpret the dreams, but I'm going to point you in one direction. There's going to be seven years of abundance followed by seven years of economic meltdown, seven years of famine, and it is going. He doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. He, he isn't like, it's not going to be that bad. You see, Joseph uses discernment, and he, he uses it. He, it's like he's quick. He says, man, this, this famine will be no joke. It will be horrible. But all throughout the, the answer, what is he saying? Pharaoh, we need to look to God. Pharaoh, it's God pharaoh we need to look to god instead of putting the attention on himself this this hebrew points the pharaoh to jehovah and he doesn't you know it's it's, what was that old like we love football and we love team sports but the old saying there's no i in team seems like joseph there's no i in joseph right he's he's just he's the teammate you want to play with verse 33 and now let pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of egypt let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land. You got to wonder what all these wise men are. They're all probably taking notes like, how does this who is this guy? Right? But remember what he's been doing. He he first he was running Potiphar's house, the entire household. He's not running two or three people. He's running, he's taking care of a wealthy man's house, a powerful man in Egypt. And then remember, we don't know how many years, but he's been running the prison. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Verse 35, they should collect all the food in these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined because of this famine look at what joseph's wisdom here he he he, he was the the modern day dave ramsey you mean, right no, a little bit of truth to that right like but he says hey you're gonna have seven great years with plenty of plenty of food to eat but you know don't party like you got plenty don't eat like you got plenty you need to save some he says you're gonna you're gonna have seven years where you have plenty to spend but don't charge so much to the credit card Right? He says, but don't, don't spend like you have plenty, Pharaoh. You need, to, you, need to, you need to save. You need someone to discipline. You need someone wise to handle the job. But here we go as we get ready to close this morning. Notice what Joseph didn't say. He never said once, I'm your guy. You notice that? I think it's amazing. He, he must have fought the urge to promote himself. After all, he'd been stuck in prison. He's probably thinking, man, they're going to pull me out. I'm going to interpret this dream, and just like with the cupbearer, they're going to put me back in, and they're going to forget about me again. Why would he think anything else, right? He's just standing there waiting, but he never once said, "I'm the guy." I was running the prison. I was running the captain of the guards' house. I can do it. But look at verse 37. Pharaoh begins to, I believe, see something about Joseph that God has been doing in his life since age 17. I believe Pharaoh begins to see a young man who God has been refining through fire since the age of 17. He sees it with his own eyes. Verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials, so Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, like this Hebrew, one in whom is the Spirit of God? Verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. Oh my gosh. Do we, like, do you, we, church, do we see when God is ready to move? Does he just move? It's, it's like it, the waiting is over. He has been in prison from age 17 to age 30, and it's going to come to a, an abrupt end. It, it's all going to stop right now. Look what he says, verse 40 You shall be in charge of what? My palace. Wow you're going to be in charge of all. All? What does all mean? It means all. He doesn't say some. He doesn't say a few. You're going to be in charge of, you know, some people aren't going to be able to listen to you. No, he says, you're the man. He says, you're going to be in charge of everyone. You're going to be in charge of all my people. They're going to submit to your orders only with respect to the throne, only because I'm the king, only because of the bloodline, only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Oh my goodness. Verse 40, everything just changed in a heartbeat. All those years with nothing, all those years alone in prison, all those years by himself, but guess what? Was Joseph really by himself? Was Joseph really alone, right? I think Joseph, he, he just stood there and he, he waited and I think he was, so, he was so refined at this point. It was like that, 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 remember that old song, Refiners Fire, and I think it was about gold, right? The process of, of purifying gold. I think Joseph has been in that process of purification for about 13 years. And so he doesn't need to promote himself. He just says, God, it's your time. God, it's your way. God, it's your purpose. I'm not going to promote myself. God, if you're in it, then you need to do it. God, if if this dream is real, then you need to make it happen. God, if you're in it, then then you go. If not, I'm good going back to the prison, whatever you have for me. But Joseph, in that moment, stood there and let Pharaoh just observe him. I think it's interesting. Pharaoh had just, it's like, I think, I think somehow God allowed Pharaoh to see all the preparation. I think somehow God allowed Pharaoh to see the gold that Joseph had become. The, the refined, finished product of a man that can't be swayed, a man that can't be bought, a man that gives a, a, almost cunning, immediate advice that is helpful to an emergency-type situation. And what follows next in Scripture, church, is Joseph's ultimate purpose for his life. Verse 41. So, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes and fine linen. He put a gold chain around his neck. He gave him some bling. Do we see the immediate turnaround here, church? Like, if you were tired of seeing Joseph not get what he deserves, holy cow, here we go. It's like victory is at hand because he's been suffering. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And people shouted before him, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. The Pharaoh swept out his hand and said, he's a prisoner no more. But he said, it's all yours now. I'm going to trust you, kid, with everything. I'm going to give you my signet ring. And some of us just read scripture. We go, "What, What?" the signet ring is the money. The signet ring is the platinum charge card. It is the power. He says, here is my charge card. Here's, you can invoice it, baby. But here you go, Joseph. You need to start making the plans. Here's my ring. You got the access to the funds. You can make the plans. You can spend the money. You can charge the invoice. Joseph starts signing laws into action. Oh my gosh. And I love that Joseph was a man that had constructive solutions when the pressure was on. Verse 46. Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled all throughout Egypt. We're going to stop there. We're going to pick this story back up. But basically, isn't this pretty cool? Because we spent week after week in the pit with Joseph. And it's cool to see something good happen to someone who's doing good, right? And whatever you need, so Joseph becomes the prime minister of Egypt. Is that pretty, come on now, someone, right? That's pretty cool stuff. In what seems like only a few hours, Joseph goes from being forgotten, for to being the, the shabby-dressed Hebrew kid in jail that needs a fresh shave, to now he's the man in charge of the nation. And the Pharaoh says, you're all going to bend the knee to this guy you're all going to obey whatever he says you're going to do it god decided to move and folks this is how he moves when he moves he does it he determines it's like this would you write this down I, i don't we we can't figure out how god moves but we know when he does it it's amazing but i think there's something that has to do when god determines that our preparation has aligned with his purpose then he operates would you write that down when God determines that our preparation has aligned with his purpose, because so often we, 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 we prepare, but our purpose is something that often benefits us, isn't it? And I think Joseph, Joseph is not going, he, he, yes, he will get blessed in the process, but he is going to be a blessing to nation. He's going to preserve a nation. He's going to preserve his people. He's going to preserve his family. Number one, would you write this down? These are two quick points as we close. During the waiting, Joseph trusted God without panic. At least it seems that way. Remember when the baker and the cupbearer were thrown in prison and Joseph, remember what he said to them? He said, hey, why are you guys so, why are you so down today? Why why are you guys gloomy? And and I love their response. They're probably like, "Uh, because we're in jail. (laughs) Right? And Joseph's in jail, he's in prison. I'd be so irritated with this kid. How old is he at the time? right? 28-ish. They're probably older. They're powerful. They're wealthy. The cupbearer and the baker. Why are you guys so down? And, and Joseph asked them this, and they're, they're probably like, because we're in prison, and we're probably going to die. I'm not going to be too happy about that. But Joseph, it seems like he waited, and he trusted God, and he didn't panic in the process. Number two, when the reward came, what did Joseph do? Let's say, I mean, he, he just seemed to thank God. He seemed to point people to God. He seemed to direct the powerful Pharaoh to God, right? And, and, and as we apply this story to us today, we, we kind of began this series saying how many of us have felt like we've been in a plot twist lately? Or you've walked through a season where things are just happening that you can't quite figure out, right? We don't know how long our left hand turn or our right hand turn or our, our plot t- twist will go on and on for, But man, we can learn a few things from Joseph, can't we? God is moving each of us to his purpose. Um, But here's the thing. I think our purpose, oftentimes we identify it with a role or a job or a paycheck. But oftentimes, here it is, our, our purpose is always something that will point people to the real deal. So I think it's interesting that the wise men, the magicians, the the, the people who were studied in Egypt, they observed God from afar, but they didn't know about this God. They observed the stars and hieroglyphics, and they were were the smartest in the land, but Joseph came in, and his purpose was to expose them to Jehovah. His purpose was to expose them to God, right? A purpose that will, it's like, man... Not only can this God, he can interpret dreams, but Joseph's like, my, my God is the one who can bring healing. My, my God is the one that can bring wisdom. My God is the one who can fight for Egypt during this battle. My God is the one who's going to bring us through it, right? But I think so many times we walk through life so wounded and so bruised and so crushed and so broken, and we continue to have our feelings hurt over small things. Look at Joseph. It seems like he didn't dwell in those 13 years all too long, did he? Did he? Right? It seems like he he's a man that he he began to understand that being abused, being mistreated, being lied about, being crushed, being broken, it seems like he knew that was actually just the beginning of his story because his God never left his side, right? I think it's interesting that when we could say it, can we just say it like this? Joseph never gave up on God because god never left his side joseph never left god because he knew god was always with him and so when we talk about the story it's like so many of us want we want to give up we want to give up but god has never given up on us let's bow our heads let's pray heavenly father lord we come to you today lord we thank you for the wisdom we can learn from the life of joseph from the leadership of joseph And as we continue to tell his story in weeks ahead, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit moves in this place. But through this Old Testament story, God, your Holy Spirit brings a fresh anointing on this church. Your Holy Spirit brings a fresh level of relationship with God because we're going to see in weeks ahead that Joseph never once decided to get back at those who got him. Joseph becomes the most powerful man in Egypt. Yet this powerful man in Egypt shows us perhaps one of the greatest examples of forgiveness in all of Scripture. He forgives those who abused him. He forgives the brothers who harmed him. He forgives the woman who falsely accused him. He forgives the the prison warden who jailed him. He forgives the cupbearer who forgot him. And Joseph gets to a point in chapter 50 where he says, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. And so I'm gonna leave it at that. I have no need to get even because God meant it for good. What an amazing example of forgiveness we're going to see in weeks ahead. God, as we pray, give us grace to endure our plot twist. God, when we're disappointed, God, when we're skipped, God, when we're hurt, God, help us remember like Joseph that you are with us. During the waiting, God, help us not to panic. During the waiting, help us not to act foolish. God, and help us when that time comes, when that blessing comes. God, help us to remember you. God, help us to be people that just, man, our our purpose just points people to you. God, our vocation, our job, our home, where we live, how we do life, that all might change from time to time, but our purpose is to simply just point people towards the Creator. Point people towards the God, the Creator of the universe. Maybe you're here today and you need to just know that the Lord is with you. I want to just close and and just ask, maybe you just need to know that He is with you. You're going through a plot twist. You're going through a dungeon. You're going through a season where there hasn't been plenty. Just like Joseph, the Lord is with you. He wants to know that He's with you. He wants you to know. He wants you to know, the Bible says, so much so that He sent His Son to be with you. He sent His Son, Jesus, to the cross for you. And as we close today, I just want to challenge you as we kind of wrap into this season where we're all in church together, we brought our church family back together. Maybe you're here today and you just feel like you've been waiting, you've been waiting, you've been waiting. But I want to tell you this today, God has been waiting and waiting and waiting on you to say yes to His Son. God has been waiting for you to say yes to Jesus, yes to His forgiveness, yes to His mercy, yes to His covering, yes to a relationship with the Holy God. Jesus Himself said, you know, that, that you can't get to the Father except through me. And in a culture where that sounds very exclusive, it actually is. Jesus said, I'm the Messiah I'm what you've been waiting for. The Bible says that when you become a new creation that you are not the same anymore. Jesus went to the cross so that we would change. Jesus went to the cross so that you could be forgiven, that you could be transformed and Jesus just simply said it this if you acknowledge me in front of man I will acknowledge you in front of my father. I just want to ask you here today is there anyone here that wants to acknowledge Jesus in their life? You might be watching at home online you want to acknowledge Jesus. If you do, would you just lift your hand? Would you just lift your eyes in my direction? We don't all need to look around, but I think there's some here that we need to say, you know what? I need to acknowledge Jesus. I need to come back in relationship with Him, or I need to make a decision to follow Him for the very first time. If that's you, would you lift your hand? I'm going to count to three. One, two, and three. Just lift them up. Come on, all over the place. I see you over there. I see you there. Two over there. I see you over there. I see you over there. I see you here. Any over here? Raise your hand. I missed over here. Amen. Any on this? I see you in the back. God, we want to acknowledge you in this house. Here's what the Bible says. When someone becomes a Christian, that means you just acknowledge Jesus. You become a brand new person on the inside. You're not the same anymore, but a new life has begun. Those of you that raised your hands, you are new life in this house today. And that is exciting. Can we celebrate this new life with a prayer? Can we celebrate turning from our ways to your ways with a prayer? Would you repeat after me, church? Everybody in here, we got everybody together. So let's just pray it nice and loud today, church. Heavenly Father, would you forgive me? Would you change me? Would you make me new? Jesus, be my Savior. Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for loving me. Jesus, fill me with your spirit. Be my king. Be my savior. Be my Lord. I want to follow you from this day to my last. Someone say amen. Can we just applaud him? Can we praise him? Jesus, we praise you. We lift up your name in this place. As we go today, church, that, that's kind of just, man, I, I just, I love this story of Joseph, but if I could leave us, it's this one thing. Would you stand to your feet? But as we go, is there an encounter awaiting you today? Um, is there someone who serves you at the restaurant for lunch? Is there someone on the road that cuts you off? No, I'm just teasing. But is there someone you encounter today or this week that you can just simply say, you know what? I don't have the answers. That's what Joseph said, I don't know what your dream means, Pharaoh. He was pretty honest, he said, I don't know, but I can come before God and I can ask, right? I know a God who knows, and I can point you in that direction. So the challenge for us this week as a church, can we look for that encounter? Maybe someone serving you iced tea at lunch and just say, how can I just point this person in the direction of Jesus? I may not have all the answers, I can't answer all the cultural things we disagree about and the things that people make into big issues, but I know a savior. I know a savior. I know a name. I know a person. His name is Jesus and I can I can simply point you to that. I can't figure out all the rest of it and I'm tired of trying, but I can point you to him. Amen. Would you tell someone good to be in church? Give someone Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, You can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with friends, share it with family, help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. we stream service live. Thank you again for listening.